Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode covers Twin Peaks Season 3, Part 13, Current Events. What was going on in the world at the time that this episode was on? We're going to look at the Time Magazine cover that week, the number one movie at the box office, and also just what was in the news going on around the world at that time. This episode aired on Sunday, August 6, 2017. The number one movie that weekend was The Dark Tower, making $19.1 million. So is The Dark Tower a return to franchise films at the number one spot after the two-week break on Dunkirk? Or is it a continuation of the late summer trend away from tentpole movies? This Stephen King adaptation, in which opposing forces played by Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey fight over a psychic little boy in a mythological structure in an alternate dimension, was intended to become an ongoing saga like the books that it was based upon. And it may yet become one. However, despite pushing Dunkirk from the top spot this weekend, with the lowest number one amount since February, the film did not perform well overall, and critics absolutely savaged it, noting that a complex world had been reduced to a mere 95 minutes after decades in development. The planned prequel TV show was postponed, recast, reconceived as a reboot, sold off to Amazon, and then scrapped by Amazon too, with the production company reduced to shopping around various pilot scripts. A sequel was under discussion in 2017 around the film's release, but apparently it dropped from the radar afterwards. Inadvertently, then, this would-be franchise doesn't count as one at present. Meanwhile, the August doldrums and the weekend lulls strike again, for now at least, as no major news stories could be found for this day. I did look up certain events or headlines, and it seems like Mike Pence uh, on this day denied that he would challenge Trump in 2020, despite a New York Times report to the contrary. Um, at this point, the president's consistently minoritarian poll numbers, he never once earned above 50% approval in his entire four years, fooled many commentators into thinking he would not be the Republican nominee next time around, despite the glaring fact that he was immensely popular, more so than Reagan even, within the Republican Party, even while alienating most of those outside of it. Rahm Emanuel, a figure perhaps uniquely despised with great intensity by both left and right, announced that Chicago, where he remained mayor until 2019, would sue the federal government for funds that it was withholding because Chicago was a sanctuary city for undocumented immigrants. In a fact uniquely indicative of Emanuel's priorities, the grant money that he was fighting to retain, ostensibly in the name of the world's tired, poor, huddled masses, was mostly spent on police vehicles. And a tornado swept through Tulsa on this day, sending 30 Oklahomans to the hospital for being too close to restaurants, most notably a ravaged TGI Fridays that were all in the path of this storm. The Time Magazine cover this week was The Secret Plan to Stop Putin's Election Plot. This is for the week beginning July 31st, 2017. So, surprise, another Russiagate cover from Time Magazine, assuring us that the political scandal of the century, the second Pearl Harbor, the cyber 9-11, was about to trigger an unprecedented fall for a sitting president. Forgive me for my jaundiced hindsight, although to be fair, I was also pretty skeptical at this time that there was really going to be a there there when Mueller finished his report. Aside from the obstruction, which Trump foolishly almost dug his own grave on, and even that wasn't enough to hang him. The story is titled, Inside the Secret Plan to Stop Vladimir Putin's U.S. Election Plot. The cover forms a hazy portrait of Putin's face out of variously shaded anonymous icons of the sort you'd see on Twitter or Facebook when a user has no photo on their profile. From the journalist who wrote the White House turning to Kremlin story, or 
the White House turning to Orthodox Cathedral story, as it turned out, back in May, were given a rundown of this timeline from July through November 2016, as government officials attempt to discern a pattern between Russian hacks, although state officials in California and elsewhere objected even to the hacking part of this characterization in the article. They disputed that this was an accurate description of the issues that they dealt with. Time magazine actually attempted to preempt this in the piece itself by implying that the states are in denial about the seriousness of the problem, rather than the source, as the states claimed. The centerpiece of the article is a 15-page report produced under the Obama administration warning of potential mass interferences on Election Day. Although those interferences did not come to pass, much to the relief of the people assigned to monitor the day's events. Ultimately, the piece asserts, the biggest threat that the Russians pose to American democracy is to shake its faith in the voting systems, which reads as a bit of an odd argument from a piece that attempts to do just this, for better or worse, incorporating some more convincing examples, such as a breach of Illinois voter registrations in the summer of 2016, but also at times some fairly flimsy anecdotes. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support this work on patreon.com slash lostinthemovies. Tomorrow's episode will continue with part 13, looking at the characters, their statistics, who's got the screen time and so forth, and also uh, things like uh, coffee pine donuts and the order of events in this episode as well. Interesting note, the sirens did not go off. The National Weather Service says they didn't notice the tornado on the ground until it was almost in another city. Luckily, no one was killed. The tornado tore through Tulsa, shredding these restaurants and storefronts in the midtown portion of the city. At least eight people were rescued from this TGI Friday's restaurant after its roof collapsed. Other buildings were nearly reduced to rubble. This stretch of businesses took the brunt of the damage as the twister skipped along nearly seven miles. We've got power lines that are down. We've got big trees that are down. We have roads that are closed right now. The powerful system struck shortly after 1 a.m. local time. Damaged power lines left more than 15,000 people in the dark at the height of the storm. Crews were out early to get a majority of customers reconnected by Sunday evening. The twister even uprooted trees, bringing this one crashing down through the roof of Heather Dick's new home. I came down the street and I saw that that tree had fallen. I just started crying.